Thank you for those who were concerned or prayed for me past couple weeks when I was sick. Um, just with sinusitis. Not COVID, fortunately. Got tested a few times just to make sure. But it was uh, a massive sinus infection. So thank you to Pastor Jeremy for uh, preaching last week, last minute. Uh, he had a ser- sermon ready to go from his deployment, he, he said. And so uh, grateful that he preached on peace. This morning we're preaching on another hallmark of the Christian faith. And that is joy. Joy is like a, one of the primary marks of a Christian. Um, and think about it. The beginning of Jesus' ministry, what did he do? He, he turned water into wine at this wedding feast, and he said, I'm the Lord of the feast. And for the next several days, you know, they celebrated together. Joy. And then we think of the beginning of the church in Acts chapter 2. What were the people accused of? They were accused of being drunk. In the, because the Spirit came upon them and they were just dancing and smiling and yelling and, and uh, they were filled with joy. And we think of the beginning of any Christian life like Zacchaeus in the Bible whose, whose world was transformed after he met Jesus. Um, and he was filled with joy. And we think of 1 Thessalonians, you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought on you. We think of Jesus' teachings, and especially his parables, like the lost coin and the lost son and the lost sheep, and how it all resulted in joy when they were found. Or another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, and when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went out and sold all that he had, and he bought the field. A major theme in Scripture. How can we experience this kind of joy on a consistent basis? Someone might suggest just choose joy. And when I try to choose something, I can't, I can't manipulate my feelings like that. I don't know about you. I could put on a game face on the outside, but on the inside I'm not, it's not matching. It's got to be an internal change. And therefore joy is not something that we just choose by the power of positive thinking. Joy is a gift from God given to his children. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. Christmas gifts are given to us and we don't pull out our wallet and say, hey, thanks, how much do I owe you? No, they're gifts given to us. We simply respond by saying thank you. The gift of joy came to the shepherds in a very unexpected way. Luke chapter 8. Or two, Luke two, two, eight. And there were, shep- uh, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Well, these shepherds, when they heard this news from the angel, they perhaps would have believed that they were the exception to this promise because of their low position and their questionable behavior. They would have thought, it's not for us. And keep this in mind from this description from Doug Goines. 
The Judean shepherds were the lowest of the low, socially common men, a despised class with a bad reputation. Shepherds were known as thieves because they were nomadic and they moved their sheep around the country. Sometimes they got confused about what was mine and what was thine. They were all marked with the same universal reputation as untrustworthy or dishonest. They were not allowed to give testimony in the court of law. They were considered unclean. Their work made it impossible for them to observe the Jewish ceremonial laws or temple rituals, thereby deeming them unclean and unacceptable. So shepherds would have naturally been terrified when this angel suddenly appeared to them for two reasons. Well, the obvious reason, a supernatural aberration. I mean, we would all freak out if an angel appeared in our bedroom one night. But the second reason is perhaps they thought, okay, now God's coming to judge me. Judgment's just around the corner. We have been exposed. Our time is up. And oftentimes we think that God is really ticked at us as well. But God is not mad at us. He's mad about us. Our sin was taken, taken care of at the cross if we belong to him. And like any good parent, when a young child refuses to cooperate, which is multiple times every day, then that child will continue to be loved at the end of the day by the parent unconditionally um, because it's our child. We are God's children. Well, the shepherds were not deserving, but again, who is apart from Christ? All of us have sinned and all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Yet God made it very clear to these shepherds that this gift was for them. He said in verse 10, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. Verse 11, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, shepherds. He's the Messiah, the Lord. Got to ask, why, was, why did this heavenly angel message come to these shepherds, these social outcasts? Don't you think God wanted to emphasize his point that the good news of great joy is not just for the worthy and the powerful, the successful, the elite, the religious? This message wasn't just for the priests and the prophets and the experts of the law. Rather, it was for broken people. First Corinthians God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world, the despised things and the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. Do you ever remember a time when you were unexpectedly chosen for something? Maybe you were in elementary school or or middle school. I remember on a couple occasions when I was chosen and it blew my mind. I won't share the stories with you, but I want you to recall how it made you feel when you were chosen. In the same way, this gift um, of God, or this gift of joy, came to these shepherds in an unexpected way. Um, 
So if this gift is offered to us by God, then my question is, why do we often lack joy if it's a gift? Why as believers, as God's children, do we lack joy in our lives? I think a couple of reasons. First is we must receive this gift. When a gift is given, we must take it, we must open it, we must say thank you, and we, we must receive it if we're going to partake of this gift. What if a child were to, for example, on a Sunday night, Christmas night, like we did, as if all the relatives got together and a child goes up to grandma or grandpa with this handmade, homemade gift that, that was wrapped by this little child, along with a little gift that she made and handed it to grandma and grandpa and they take it and then they toss it to the side and they don't ever open it or acknowledge the grandchild. How would that make the grandchild feel? I mean, she'd probably burst out crying. Well, what would make Jesus cry? Well, we know that Jesus cried on a couple occasions in, in the Gospels and one such was in Luke 19 Jesus was so hurt, he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, and he began to weep. How I wish today that you, of all people, would understand the way to peace, and yet you refused. John 1, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Joy comes to those who receive Jesus, who is the only source of joy. C.S. Lewis wrote this. He said in mere Christianity, God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel of our spirits we're designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There's no other. That is why it is just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way. God t- cannot give us a happiness or a joy or a peace apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. Joy comes from God. It's a fruit of the Spirit, of the living God who lives within us. The Spirit of God resides within us as children of God. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. It's a gift from the Spirit. But what if we've already received Jesus? and we have the Spirit of God residing within us, then why do we still lack joy? Don't you think it's because we have to continually, in a way, receive Jesus? Not as Savior, because he'll never leave us or forsake us, but we need to receive the gift of his presence on a daily basis. We need to abide in him. We need to remain in him. It's possible to know Jesus and and neglect spending time with him. For example, if if I marry someone and after the wedding, I ask, what are your plans now? The guy says, well, I'm going to go live in uh, Topeka. And the woman says, I'm going to go live in Wichita. And they live in their separate residence, even though they're legally bound in marriage, in God's sight and in the sight of the state. But their marriage is separate. The guy says, I'm going to go live in the bachelor pad with my friends. Well, that that marriage would lack joy because they lack spending time together. In the same way, John 15, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. 
If you remain or abide in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You will bear much fruit, including the fruit of the Spirit. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. I've told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. We can get so busy and distracted in life that we neglect spending any time with the source of joy, Jesus. The only source. Or we, bec- we can become so anxious and fearful that we turn to our favorite sources of great wisdom like our smartphones or the internet or network news or, or uh, our favorite blogs or we turn to the radio, the iTunes. We turn to our friends in order to fill our minds with everything but the word of God and the words of Jesus. And we will therefore forfeit our joy and our peace. I was sick this past week. I literally did not sleep for one minute for three and a half days. Because every time I laid down, um, the drainage went into my throat and I couldn't. And it woke me up, you know, within a second. And so I, I couldn't sleep, and so I didn't know what to do every time I laid down. Medication wasn't kicking it, antibiotics, and so I just, I cleaned the house. I cleaned the basement, toy room. I did the dishes. I wrapped Christmas presents. I did whatever I could to distract myself from being so deliriously tired. I tried watching TV. I listened to music. I did everything but really turned to Jesus. Really, I mean, I cried out a couple prayers, but I didn't really spend time with him because I was so distracted. I looked on the internet to be self-diagnosed myself, trying to figure out how to, you know, you've done that before, right? You get on WebMD and you figure out everything that's wrong with you. Ultimately, I had to repent. I had to repent and ask the Lord for forgiveness. I knew that the Lord was trying to speak to me during this time, but I didn't listen. I repented and I began to listen to the Lord and uh, he met me there and gave me his peace. Well, we can learn from the shepherds who got it right by their response in verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. In other words, these shepherds received this gift from God. They opened this gift. They sought the only source of joy, and that was in this Savior who was born. And when they saw the Savior, they were filled with joy. Someone might say, just choose joy. I cannot just choose joy. I cannot control my feelings like that. My feelings go up and down, up and down. But I can choose Jesus, who is my only source of joy. And then his joy will become mine. And then finally, just to conclude, joy grows when we share it with others. When children open up gifts on Sunday morning... 
they're filled with joy and happiness and, and it's so fun to watch them and watch their faces. But how much more joy when they share their toys with their relatives or their friends later on that week. You invite them over and they're playing in the basement with a Barbie funhouse or the Legos or the video games or whatever. It wouldn't be so joyful just to play by yourself in your room with your toy after a while. You want to share. And so it's delightful to see kids share with one another and experience a fuller joy. Well, in the same way, the shepherds shared their joy in verse 17. When they had seen him, Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. These, these nobodies were sharing with everybody. Where do they get such boldness? Well, because their lives were changed. They met the source of their joy. And why do we share good news with others? Because sharing completes our joy as well. When I want to show you pictures of kids or grandkids or whatever, then you know we look at the phone and we share, oh, look at this. And when we're sharing our pictures with others, it completes our joy. Or when we find a new restaurant that we're talking about or that we visited, we want to share about this new restaurant with everyone. Or if you receive unexpected inheritance from your uncle, then you want to share it with everyone. A fascinating study was conducted by Bernard Rimland, director of Institute for Child Behavior Research. And he said, he, he um, asked people to find 10 people that they know best and write them on a list. And, and what, what I want you to do is on this list of 10 people, I want you to label them as happy or unhappy. And after they did that, he said, now I want you to label them as selfish or unselfish, using this definition of selfishness. A selfishness is a stable tendency to devote one's time and resources to one's own interests and welfare, an unwillingness to inconvenience oneself for others. That's selfishness. So when they, when they put selfish and unselfish in this list, they categorized them, and Rimland found that all the people who were labeled happy were also labeled unselfish and vice versa. He concluded that those whose activities are devoted to bringing themselves happiness, personal happiness, are far less likely to be happy than those whose efforts are devoted to making others happy. It's the acronym of joy. We get joy when you put Jesus first, others second, and then yourself third. You put others before yourself. But we always are seeking our own happiness. What can we do for entertainment to fulfill our own needs? And when we have that American mindset, then it'll lead us to a joyless life. Jesus, others, then yourself. I've seen this a million times over, not million, but many times over, taking students on mission trips. And only the committed go on the mission trips, but when they are there giving their lives away, they're filled with joy and their lives are changed, more so than the ones they're serving. Well, additionally, these shepherds were chosen to be the first ones to share the good news with Joseph and Mary. 
Hey, Joseph and Mary, you, you can't believe what we just saw out there in the field. This angel appeared, and then all of a sudden there were all these thousands of angels, and they were saying, Glory to God in the highest. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born, Messiah the Lord. You'll find a baby wrapped in claws, lying in a manger, and here you are, and here we are. We're here beholding this right before our eyes. Mary would return to the words of these shepherds time and time and time again throughout her difficult life, raising Jesus. When soon there was the slaughtering of the innocents and Jesus escaped with his life or the sudden escape to Egypt so that Jesus wouldn't have been slaughtered. The separation from family members for a few years or all the misunderstanding of the rumors surrounding the birth of this child of Joseph and Mary. She would have clung to these words when she would have been confused about her, her son's public ministry and then she didn't Jesus what are you doing or when ultimately some 30 years later she would behold her son being crucified on the cross before her eyes she'd have to cling to these words of prophecy from the shepherds these words of promise God used these nobody shepherds to strengthen and encourage the hearts of the parents of Jesus and many others. Verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And God desires to use us as well. There's great joy when we share this good news that we possess. There's much greater joy when we share it with others in our words and in our deeds. So are you filled with joy today? If not, know that joy is a gift from God to his children. It is a mark of a Christian life. And if we're lacking joy, then we have to ask, are we receiving this joy? First of all, do I know Jesus, the source of all joy? Does his spirit reside within me? But secondly, am I receiving his presence on a daily basis? Am I depending upon him? Am I abiding in him, remaining with him, that I might receive his joy, which is a natural overflow of the spirit within? And thirdly, perhaps joy is not growing because we're not sharing. We have to be proactively sharing the love of Christ with others in our words and our deeds in a very intentional way. And when we do so, every time we do so, will be filled with joy. Let's pray. So Lord Jesus, I thank you for this time where we can celebrate the joy of Jesus, the joy of you coming to us and you remaining with us and you living your life through us. Lord, thank you that you are here this morning to remind us again that you are the source of all of our joy and peace and everything, patience. Lord, you are the fruit of the Spirit within us. So fill us this season with joy. Lord, may we repent and re return to you that we may experience all that you have for us. Amen.